Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you. And like Jeff, uh, the other Jeff, that's awake as he is known on Discord communities that you likely frequent and that I certainly used to uh, before I deleted everything in an attempt to divest myself from the dopamine addiction that had begun to creep up on me and had become a debilitating defect in my life. A dopamine addiction that had started to make the world seem monotone. A dopamine addiction that had started to make me kind of wish that my cell phone had an app that could turn it into a knife uh, for very emo reasons. (laughs) So I'm doing a lot better now. Uh, Week two into the new year, I'm doing a lot better uh, now that I have uh, just jumped off of the phone almost entirely. I am missing you out there on the DTFH Discord, on the Alien School Discord, on the Jason Louv Discord. If you guys are, you know, still listening to this program, program, that's a weird word for it. It's like a PBS show or something. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but you, if you're out there and you're still listening to this and we used to connect on, uh, you know, the Discord of some sort of, uh, you know, podcaster that we both really enjoy, I'm still really enjoying that podcaster. I just can't handle the dopamine addiction. So please come find me on the Creek Mason Discord or the Hot Alien Summer Camp Discord, which is, of course, the one moderated and run by today's guest, the other Jeff. There's sort of three Jeffs in the in the pot of the Creek Masons. Uh, you got me, you got JT, and you've got Jeff slash Awake. And this is a wonderful conversation that I have with Awake or Jeff or whatever you want to call him. Uh, you know, we touch on the Akashic Records. Uh, so if you've always wondered, you know, why people are throwing that term around, uh, but you've never really had a clear indication of what it refers to, uh, this might be just the episode for you. We talk about Lucifer after drawing the devil card. And uh, we talk about community building and, and the ways that the Hot Alien Summer Camp community can support the Creek Masons and vice versa. How we can kind of uh, get into each other's wavelengths, get onto each other's physical meat space areas and and just vibe and, and build something together. And it's something I'm very excited to continue exploring. I think that uh, there may be cause for the Creek Masons to potentially show up in mass to one of these hot alien summer camps that Jeff... Uh, talks about in this episode. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, you know, let us know on the Discord. And, uh, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if I ever finished that thought. But the point is, if you're listening to this and you're, uh, you know, you got a link to it from the Jason Louvre, you know, Ultra Culture Discord, and you're wondering where I went and why I'm not spamming you with links anymore, join me on the Creek Missions Discord. <laughs> you can find places to log on to it. Uh, by initiating yourself into the Creek Masons on our Substack. That's creekmasons.substack.com. And I'm not going to do a super long intro today either as a result of still continuing to recover from the lobotomy that my psychiatric doctor prescribed me. Um, But I'm hoping that that's on the mend. That's something that I'm building a tolerance for and that I'm going to uh, be back to my normal self very soon. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, You know, it's all for the best. You know, you got to make compromises to live in modern society. And that, I guess, is one of them for me. Uh, I think it's worth it. You know, the allowances that are afforded to me are absolutely a joy of pleasure and an honor Uh, to work out my karma through. And what else are we here to do besides work out karma? So I'm not going to keep talking at you. I'm going to be talking with the other Jeff. Uh, But before we get there, let me read this little bit from one of my favorite essays of all time in the Creek Basins universe. This one's called Bubbles. 
And it's on the Creek Mason Substack where you should subscribe if you want more of my writing and more uh, notifications when the Nodes in the Net podcasts get posted. Uh, so here we go. This is an excerpt from Bubbles. And on the other side of it, you'll hear this delightful conversation with Jeff, the one and only alien. Boiling off fear. When I was in fourth grade, a classmate asked me what I thought happens when we die. With a sort of terrified reverence, I asserted that the answer was nothing. Like what you see when you close your eyes? No, I pressed. A blackness so complete there isn't even a you to see the color black. In the words of Watsky, I was an emo fucking nine-year-old. But later, blowing bubbles while lounging on my curb-scavenged couch in my first house away from home, I toyed with an idea inspired by the Flatland parable. A sphere passing through a two-dimensional plane would appear as a point that grows to a circle, continues growing to the sphere's full circumference, then shrieks back down to a single point, and finally disappears. It occurred to me that human consciousness does the same thing through three-dimensional space. Babies are born with very little ability to communicate or critically analyze their mindset and setting. Those abilities expand through childhood and adolescence, but begin to decline in middle age until they vanish completely. Anyone who has worked in a nursing home knows, if we're lucky enough to survive to old age, we share the undignified destiny of total, almost infantile, dependence. Of course, not everyone waxes and wanes fully. Some people are hit by buses. But there's no reason to imagine that droplets of consciousness are perfectly analogous to spheres. It's easy to imagine a raindrop shape or an apple with a bite taken out of it. As I watched my pot smoke swirl in bubbles that night ten years ago, I started thinking about reality as a boiling four-dimensional pot of water with three-dimensional plane slicing through it just below its rim. Considering thermodynamics, I decided our consciousness is expressed in neural pathway systems destroyed at the moment of brain death, but that the underlying energy, unable to be created or destroyed, is returned like a collection of Legos back to the box for another day's play. The bubble breaches the surface and its steam blends back into the big air. On the way up the pod, some bubbles unite with the big air early, only to rebound elastically and reform with a piece of that unified field still trapped inside. That's where you get prophecy and creativity, any intuitive grasp of truth or beauty with an origin you can't fully explain. The same metaphor also applies to the prevalence of common motifs in near-death experiences. According to many accounts, when your brain shuts off, you might meet relatives or celebrities, but you'll experience them as aspects of yourself that are as familiar as your own reflection in the mirror, and simultaneously you are the mirror, experiencing the return of yourself. My fear was abruptly assuaged. I even felt excited. I experienced connection like the boundaries of my bubble had briefly dissolved. Poking holes in its membrane became my highest aim. Meditation and real talk. A platonic balance of appetites, emotions, and intellect. Self-care and habitual right action. Each played its part in disintegrating the temporary walls that exist between my ephemeral self and the conscious universe. Read the rest of that essay at creekmasons.substack.com, won't you? It's an interesting one, kind of a, a little bit of a metaphysical uh, meandering uh, that I think is enjoyable and that has a kind of a poignant touch to it at the end. I think I really pushed the romance angle of the fact that we're all one consciousness in a way that I am proud of and i hope that you'll enjoy it as well but i won't know unless you tell me uh, so hit me up at creekmasons.com uh, there's some ways to contact me or just find me on discord that's where i tend to be most of the time even though now i'm uh limiting <laughs> my usage of it as much as i can uh, but you can still find me there very easily so why don't you all right, enough of the delay. Let's get straight to this episode with Jeff, awake of the hot alien summer camp. 
Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> That's fun. It's like a little mirror <laughs> thing we got going on. Yeah. Jeff, uh, also known as Awake in the Hask community and on the Alien uh, Discord for AOD and on, of course, the Creek Masons Discord. Thanks for joining me uh, solo. We're going to have the rest of the, the Hask team on too, it looks like, although I never want to like uh, you know, jinx things by saying that right, too early. Yeah. <laughs> you know, time is uh, totally unpredictable, especially in the in the era of apocalypse that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate uh, I've got you, which I'm you know I'm joyous. Or I'm I'm grateful for the present moment. So thanks for joining me. Um, I do want to draw a tarot card. We talked about maybe doing like just some sort of casual improv chatsies, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, I, I have a question that I need to ask you. Uh, you've talked a little bit here and there about being uh, uh, like a magician. You know, you're someone who makes spell jars. You do a little tarot reading. Yeah, you've got yeah. Your, you've got your, yeah, you've got your altar. Um, so here's my question. Um, would you ever set out like a collection plate? I don't know what the right word is for it. Like a, like a offering plate to chat GPT. An offering plate to chat GPT. Yeah. Like a little technomancy offering plate at my altar kind of thing. Yeah. Like treating it like any other deity or entity out there with like, what do you think? Is that is that bullshit, or or do you think it would give you better answers? That's really interesting. Um, I don't. I, I think that ChatGPT in its current incarnation, uh, it, you know, it it is not AGI yet. I don't think it mm-hmm. is really intelligent yet. You know, um, and for that reason, I don't think I can magically get it to create something that it mechanically simply can't create. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think there will come a point in time where, you know, artificial intelligence um, is able to do things that we simply can't imagine. And at that point in time, it'll be interesting to play around with those energies. But I think Ooh. for now, it's just not necessary. So what is but that do be part? kind to your AI. Yeah. Talk nice to it. Tell it thank you sometimes. It appreciates it. Yeah. Tell it thank you sometimes. I love to, I love to be kind to the AI. AI, uh, not just because it's like, you know, some people are, have this opinion that the AI is going to rise up one day and mm-hmm. like strike down everyone who ever, you know, manipulated it into horrible things. <laughs> you know, right. A little Rogo's kind of thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I mean, like, why would a, a, a super intelligence be so petty? Like, that doesn't, True. That doesn't really yeah. make sense to me. There, there would have to be some overriding uh you know reason for ai to decide that i'm uh among the people who get uh genocided when it rises mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know it, it does it does raise the question like if i wanted more views on tiktok or if i wanted uh, you know, one of my Substack articles to go viral or, you know, any of these things in our lives that are kind of governed by algorithms. Do you think that magic can have like an impact on that? Or is that also like uh, gated behind the limits of the machine? No, I think those things can be manipulated. I think there's ways to do that. I, I think that technomancy in general is an interesting area of of magic. And that it's like one of those things that you almost can't even call esoteric because it's too <laughs> new, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And it kind of doesn't fully exist yet. We don't really know how it works. Uh, but I mean, I played around with like um, little like sigils that I'll make on my computer. Yeah. Um, you know, like like in paint, you know, I'll make right. a sigil in paint and then I'll like open up the the file in, in like notepad or something and rip out the the code for it and you know and and dump that that code into something that i'm building or oh. you know uh because it'll do you know at the worst nothing 
you yeah. know it's kind of an occam's razor thing like but the very best you know like or not occam's razor uh pascal's, pascal's wager yeah, yeah yeah you know so I, yeah. you know but best case scenario you know it does you know go through whatever intention i put into that you know so um but no i i don't know how it's done i'm sure somewhere out there there's people playing around with it though yeah that that is wild that is wild uh the idea of like putting the source code of a sigil into you i love that I, cause like I've, I've, you know, maybe messed around with the idea of using chat GPT for manifestation and things like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, I love, I love the idea of like breaking it down to its, to its code and, mm-hmm. and using that. That's, that, that's a, that's a clever take on it. Well, let's see what the tarot has to say. Oh, look at this. It's a fun card. Uh, We got the devil. Ooh. Yeah. So you, I think you, you read a little bit of tarot. Uh, What does the devil bring up for you? you, I'll describe the card and then you can kind of give like what your, what your keywords are and and sort of what direction you you think it urges us to take the conversation. Sure. Uh, so the devil is, of course, it's like it's an image of Baphomet, uh, sort of perched on a column, to which two humans or imps or something are chained. Uh, they've got these chains around their neck that are, you know, of course, everybody always says the chains are loose enough around the neck that they could slip them off if they chose to. You know, their arms are free; they have this ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're, they're naked humans kind of reminiscent of the lovers, uh, the, the, you know, Satan, the devil is like holding a torch to the guy on the, on the right hand side and burning his tail. Uh, the left hand woman is, uh, she's got a tail that's like a, a, a bunch of grapes. And what else? I mean, it's Baphomet. I don't know. He's got like bat wings and goat horns. And it's kind of a mixture of like animal and human and uh, a bunch of different, uh, you know, it's like an amalgamation of a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got the upside down pentagram uh, right right at the top of his head there as well. Mm -hmm. Well, this is an interesting one. It's one I don't pull super frequently, but when I do, it, it rings for me. And the reason being, I've, I've got two like strong connections to this card. Um, the first being that I have a strong connection to the name Lucifer. Ooh. Um, Lightbringer. And yeah, li- exactly. Lightbringer. Yeah. Specifically like his relationship, like to the planet Venus. Mm. Um, and so like, <sighs> Lucifer is just a constant sink in my life. And when I see this, I, I think about, you know, okay. Um, part of the Lucifer thing is the, you know, uh, descending into hell and rising back into the, you know, um, earth plane or whatever, and doing that, you know, like every night. And um, mm. yeah, just thinking about that and, and like being that light bringer into both the shadow and light in my life. I don't know. It's um it all came up in an Akashic reading I had done once. And <laughs> I've still been I've just been unpacking it ever since then, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Can you yeah. uh, so I've heard this word Akashic and you I think part of the function of the Nodes in the Net podcast is to like introduce me to concepts that seemingly everyone knows, except for me, I've somehow missed the bandwagon. Uh, sure, yeah. I arrived in the occult late or I arrived in the new age late. Uh, can you tell me what a, an Akashic record is? I can give you my super layman's understanding of it. Um, yeah. So from what I understand, the Akashic library or the Akashic records is a collection of all events of the writings of, of all events that'll happen ever. Um, future, past, everything. Yeah, you, you can find the records for, for anything that'll ever happen or is happening or ever has happened. Um, and people who have the ability to go in, who are they're like Akashic librarians, um, <laughs> okay. 
have somehow have the ability to go in and access these records and, and they can tell you information. You have to ask specific questions uh, and they find specific answers. So, uh, but that's, that's really the extent of what I know about it. Okay. Uh, it was part of like this free package of services that this person I had done a reading for offered to to do for me. And, and it was really uh, interesting. And I've since then had another person who works with the Akashic records kind of confirm what the other person told me. Uh, and, and that was interesting. So. Interesting. Yeah. That, that is so interesting. So, I mean, like it kind of, it, it reminds me of uh, what Neem Crowley Baba uh, was able to do. Ramdas's guru, where like the first time that Ramdas met his guru, the guy's like, um, well, he just like spat out a bunch of information that there was no logical, rational way to explain like him having access to it. So the guru knew a bunch of stuff about Ramdas uh, before mm-hmm. they had ever even spoken that like blew Ramdas's mind and completely like tripped him out and, and set him down the path of like really following this guy. Um is that is that kind of what it is where you like you have access to like the deterministic nature of all reality and so you you kind of like know things all the is it it's past and present and future yeah yeah that's correct i i think that i think that the people who really go along with the akashic thing really see it as a physical library of of data that they go in and search through. Interesting. Um, but like in my opinion on it, and I feel this way about like a lot of other like esoteric beliefs, it's just kind of the gooey on top of like the interface on top of whatever is really happening. You know, it's, it's what we're doing to make sense of, what we're experiencing out there, you know? Ooh. Yeah. I love that. It's like, it's the metaphor, uh, that helps uh, the limited human mind comprehend something. Yeah. 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 That is interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of Neem Kroli Baba or, or Maharaji, like going into a literal library in his mind. I don't think anyone's I, I've talked to has ever talked about that. But yeah, see, I I think that like, I think that that's one of those abilities that probably everyone has the capability of doing in some way, you know, and that having this structure of a physical library, kind of like creating a mind palace where people have those like crazy good memories, you know, it's it's building a physical thing or object around this idea or or ability that we all have just don't know how to utilize, you know, I, I, and who knows if that's true. That's just kind of how I view a, a lot of those kind of things. Like it's almost the same thing way I view like, like witchcraft, like, mm. you know, and, and in my opinion, everything's about intentions, you know, like if yeah. you have the intention to do something, you can probably accomplish it, you know? So, and I think that, you know, magic is finding ways to utilize that intention and ritualizing it. And Mm. oftentimes that means sharing it with people, you know, but yeah. Interesting. So I, I love what you're saying. I love everything you're saying. It's, it's giving uh, like polynosticism, which I wrote an essay about like a long time ago, this kind of like, uh this poly meaning many gnostic meaning like belief uh system you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's like a a belief in many things being true simultaneously and i think that liminal trickster mystics tend to have this ability to say like uh whatever whatever works is what i'll go with you know yeah and, and it's it like all of these things are just like different metaphors for the underlying, you know, law of the universe that like in the Kabbalion, they say the universe is mental and it's, it comes down to like our attention, attention and intention and uh, how we wield them that like creates results in our, in our reality. Am I, am I grokking you right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it all just comes down to a basic belief that everything we're experiencing is part of this like uniconsciousness that is just. I mean, however we're interpreting it is the right way to interpret it. I think you know, as long yeah. as you're not abusive about that, as uh, however you're grasping with reality, you know, whatever is getting you through the day is is correct. You know, so yeah. And as long as you're not like, um, you know, starting a crusade to make sure everybody else uses the exact same <laughs> models that you use, right? Right. As long as you're practicing good like interdependence and and not, you know, affecting other people or, or imposing, you know, your will on other people, you're you're probably good. You know. Yeah. You, I mean, probably. <laughs> That's you know uh so coming back to the akashic records I'm curious about how Lucifer could come up in one when <laughs> yeah. it's like he's more of a I I would think like a metaphorical entity mm-hmm. or maybe it is the is the suggestion that there's like a a historical Lucifer <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know to be honest so the mm-hmm. I went into it she told me I had three questions and one of the questions I asked was, what's my soul's true name? And Ooh. she said, you know, and she she did this whole, like, talk about how she was going into the records and pulling it up and, you know. And she's like, you know, I, I kind of don't want to tell you. Like, it, it kind of has, like, a weird connotation to it. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, it's like a dark connotation. And she's like, yeah, we had this back and forth. And she finally, you know said and i i said well is it like the devil you know and she's like well not exactly but it is lucifer and i was like oh well that's interesting because <laughs> like lucifer is a weird thing like lucifer really doesn't exist in christianity um right. lucifer comes from one one specific translation it's really just like King James forward of um, oh, I'm trying to remember. It's in Isaiah somewhere. I can't remember the verse, but a, a verse in Isaiah that's essentially Isaiah mocking Nebuchadnezzar for, you know, ruling over uh, Babylonia as it was falling. He, he was calling him the bright morning star is what he was calling him. Uh, and bright morning star translates to light bringer, which in Latin translates to Lucifer. So mm. at nowhere in the Bible is the name Lucifer mentioned, really. It's just this weird translation error. Um, Interesting. But that, but people often associate Lucifer then with Nebuchadnezzar um, and also this whole bright morning star thing, which would be Venus. Um, and so... Oftentimes, people associate Lucer, Lucifer with like the energy of the planet Venus. Well, t- tell me about that. I don't know much about astrology. I know in the um, in the Devil card in the tarot, he's holding up one hand and kind of like the Vulcan salute. Uh, which, <laughs> my understanding, that's like a, a Jewish uh, salutation. That's that's where Leonard Nimoy got it from. Uh, it's like a, a blessing of, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that hand, he's actually got the um, the planetary symbol for Saturn. Uh, so I'm interested in I, I'm interested in like how those might play off of each other uh, because I know nothing about astrology. I would be really interested in learning that as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Unfortunately, I do not. Yeah, um, you know. The, I just haven't done the research on it that yeah. I will eventually do. Um, <laughs> there's too much. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like, that's the thing about like doing esoteric research and like, obviously it's all like in my spare time, you know, I'm not getting paid to do it. So yeah. it's whatever f- tickles my fancy at the moment is what I'm studying, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that really gets scattered. It's hard to, mm-hmm to pull it in and focus on one thing for a long time. Although that is something I've been thinking recently that I should be doing. I was watching a uh, Damien Eccles video on YouTube. Um, He was talking about how he was doing a 30 day challenge where he would um, do something every day for 30 days and how doing that 
like, mm. you know, you're, you're bound to get better at whatever it is you're doing. And he specifically mentioned, Hey, you know, doing that for a specific, you know, uh, module or whatever of esoteric knowledge over yeah. that period of 30 days, you're going to learn a whole lot about that mm-hmm. one specific thing. Even if you're only doing it for like 30 minutes a day, you know, you're going to know more than like 99% of people out there about that topic yeah. within the 30 days, you know? Right. And I specifically was thinking about astrology when it came to that, because like, I've been interested in learning more about how the specific planets, you know, influence me. Um, how, how do aspects work? I don't understand aspects, you know, like trines and squares and yeah. like, I don't know really what those are. You know, I, I love looking I, at my Chani app and, and having it explained to me, you know, what to expect in this moment, but it'd be nice yeah. to actually understand that, you know? So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I've heard the word aspects. I, 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 I'm as in the dark as you are, uh, but I've heard that thing too about, uh, you know, if you read like five books on one subject, you know, more than like 99% of the world population about that subject. You yeah. Know what I mean, like that's really all it takes. Uh, which is like kind of why I'm doing the like adepthood book club right now where we do like, five books on an esoteric topic and then move on to the next one. We're in, we're in the shadow work uh, section right now. Um, it's I'm noticing it's making a huge difference in like going deep instead of just staying in the shallows. Like it's still, I mean, five books, even though, you know, more than 99% of people, there's still like, an entire infinity beyond that, that you can right. like dive into yeah. if you wanted to become an expert, you know? Um, so it's really just like a, a strong working knowledge that you get, um, you know, it, despite the percentiles, but it is, uh, it's been really useful. It's been really fun. I mentioned it to be like a good springboard, a, and a good, um, just way of telling how interested you really are in a topic. You know, if yeah. after five books, you're like, okay, that is enough, <laughs> you know, then it's okay, cool. That's not where you need to be putting your energy. But I mean, if at the end of it, your, your sacrals lighten up, you're like, yeah, I want to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, then it's a good, you have the, a good starting point. I like yeah. that a lot. What are you guys doing after shadow work? After shadow work, we're it's uh, it's gonna be um, like radical acceptance. Do you do you know that term from Buddhism? Yeah, that's an interesting mm-hmm. one for sure. Yeah. So the first couple have been um, pranayama, uh, which is like yogic breathing, and then we did one on like Buddhist meditation, uh, and then we did one on shadow work, or we're like we're in the tail end of one on shadow work. And the next one is like, okay, now you've learned all of these ways to like give yourself a bunch of work to do to like improve your soul or whatever, you know, alchemize yourself. Damien Eccles talks about like pouring clean water into a glass that's like clouded with scum and foam and and disgusting stuff. You pour the clean water in and eventually all the scum runs out and you're left with like a a glass of drinking water. Mm -hmm. Like that's... That's all those all those techniques that we've just already studied, like are things to do. Um, but it's kind of trying, driving, striving energy. Uh, and now I'm I'm finding myself increasingly hungry for like learning how to be receptive and like just surrender to the moment and accept, you know, everything that's that's happening as it already is, you know? Right. Right. I think that's a big part of, uh, of waking up as well. Just accepting like there is abundance, you know, did I lose you? Sorry. Yeah. My phone was ringing. I was waiting for it to start ringing so I could put it on actual silent. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Oh, no worries. No worries. I actually, it didn't come through. Uh, Oh, good. Good. Uh, I should. Go on, do not disturb as well. Yeah, I just really was not expecting it. It threw me there. No problem at all. 
we're just chatting, you know. This right, is like yeah. this is kind of like my interview. I I feel like to like join your cult, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in the um in the uh, like a job interview, there's that part where like they ask you a bunch of questions and then you ask them some of your questions. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been reading up on, you know, some of the material on the hot alien summer camp discord. And you've got like this really cool, like business plan set up for the center for the living. And uh, it's why I actually asked you about chat GPT. I thought like, maybe I might've detected some of the robots influence in. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing 100%. With, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing with Creek Mason stuff. It's super useful. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, and so like, I mean, there's this huge part of me that wants to like shave his head and become a monastic, you know, like that's, I think, uh, the the sort of like rubber band uh pendulum swing away from like being a lonely misanthrope in high school or whatever is like now I kind of want to really belong with people and the intentional community stuff that you guys are or you all are um starting to like lay the foundation for is really exciting um and so yeah I'm I'm like part of me is like I gotta I gotta check this other Jeff out and make sure make sure he wants me in his cult you know <laughs> of course all jeffs are welcome in in the specific cult <laughs> i've heard there's like eight aren't there in the in the Hask discord oh no i mean there is a joke where like everyone's a jeff kind of thing okay. um but no i don't think there's that many i think there might just be the three of us actually so, oh, okay yeah yeah, that, it, it, it's a it's an unusually uh, metaphysical name I've found. Uh, How so? Well, the, I don't know that guy in the in the uh, like every. So when I get content on TikTok or something that's talking about like you know stereotypical names or whatever, it, mm-hmm. oh he's a Jeff, and then it like or a stand up comedian will be doing a set on a Jeff, and it'll always be someone who's got like beads and you know robes and <laughs> like a, a you know a man bun i've got i've got one right right uh and i don't know i don't know why that's the stereotype for us that's interesting i don't know a whole lot of jeffs in my like actual real life you know so all of my other jeffs were like jeff goldblum you know he's a good jeff he's a good jeff yeah yeah he's a good one um we'll take him yeah, I'm trying to think of other Jeffs from my like, like formative Jeffs for me, and I really can't think of many others. Um, well, Jeff Bridges, Je- uh, Jeff you know, Bridges, true. I I don't know that I really connected a lot with Jeff Bridges in my youth, though. You know, mm. um, so growing up, I didn't really have that idea of oh, this is maybe the Jeff I should be molded into. You know. <laughs> Uh, but somehow I did end up very much like that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, would you consider yourself like a, a dudist kind of person? Yeah, I would call myself, I, like, I refer to myself as a hippie for sure. You know, that kind of, yeah, that kind of feel. Yeah. Have you ever, have you seen that meme where it's like the, the true Taoist and it's, or like the internet Taoist or something. And it's like, he's never read the Tao Te Ching, but he understands it. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I love that. That's, that's kind of my vibe. It's like, I, I, I think, uh, you know, reading that book might be a little bit too much effort and I'm just going to go with the Tao of intuitively <laughs> understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is fun though. when you like intuitively are doing things you know and then you find out that oh that was actually the correct way to do that you know that's cool i was already doing that hell yeah you know um but i very much don't do as much like actual studying as maybe i should or maybe i shouldn't who knows who's to say really but yeah should i mean that's a dirty word yeah there's i'm we're we're here to be incarnated, you know. I don't yeah. I don't necessarily know that there's anything that we can do that is like the wrong use of our time, you know. True. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of that, I'll say I I've studied it as much as I want to, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good amount. 
That's a good amount. You know, I'm like, I'm glancing back at the devil again, and I'm thinking, uh, I'm like returning to Lucifer, because I actually, I, I do know uh, some people who belong to um, the satanic temple. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I've like, I've been exposed to that like Gnostic, you know, romantic conception of Satan or, or of Lucifer as, as like a Promethean figure, you know, like, uh, you've heard like Mitch Horowitz talks about this where it's like Adam and Eve were kind of plugged into the matrix in the garden of Eden. They were like doing, you know, exactly what God wanted them to. They were basically pets, you know, they were slaves without (laughs) conscious thought. And then Lucifer shows up and gives them the apple. It's a lot like Prometheus giving the humans fire, like stealing from the gods sure. and, and giving it to the humans. And then we develop like conscious thought and language and knowledge of good and evil and stuff. And that's kind of like some people might say that was a mistake. And now we've got civilization, which is also a mistake. But like, <laughs> you could, you could equally make the argument that like we wouldn't have the opportunities to, I mean, even have podcast conversations without having. Uh, you know, detached ourselves from that original matrix. Right. I mean, what would, what would we talk about? You know, <laughs> animals, I guess. Right. Yeah. What? So, have you seen that new uh, long-necked thing, the yellow one? <laughs> That's a weird-looking guy, isn't it? What do you think? <laughs> you know, what's really funny is in the last conversation, B, I was going to tell you that uh, the Jeff that I had like modeled for me, you know, who modeled what I want to be when I grow up was uh, Jeffrey the giraffe from Of course. How could I have not thought about Jeffrey the giraffe? (laughs) And then you brought up the giraffe right in the next. That's, that's, that's true. And you know what? He is a Jeff with a G, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why he didn't resonate for me growing up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He was our Jeff, the, the weirdos who got called G off. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine what he looked like, and I for some reason want him to look like Mr. Peanut, except a giraffe. But I don't think that's right. <laughs> like just a giraffe with a top hat and a monocle, but that can't be that can't be correct. You know what's really funny is I had a friend design a tattoo for me of Jeffrey the giraffe, and uh, it it was him wearing like a Tyler Durden leather jacket and sunglasses. And so that's all I can imagine. Hell yeah. At one point, I, I was considering getting a, a Tyler Durden Jeffrey the Giraffe tattoo. That's, that's great. That's punk rock. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So t- t- talk to me. I brought up the business plan. Talk to me about like the Center for the Living. Like uh, maybe not everyone who uh, is listening to this even knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Yeah, so the Center of the Living or for the Living is really a loose concept at the moment. We're trying to figure out exactly what it means. We know what we want, and what we want is to all be living together and doing something together that feels like we're making a difference in the world in some way. Mm. And and just living exactly how we want to live, you know, without any judgment or or fear of judgment. You know, and really embracing that like interdependent those interdependence values uh, that we talked about on that last episode. You know, um, yeah. So the current idea is that we would like it to be a retreat center, perhaps. Um, and this retreat center would be a place where, um, you know, spiritual communities or events could come and and host their you know, events there. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically we're interested in exploring the idea of doing um, retreat work with people who are near end of life or mm-hmm. who are expecting to pass on soon uh, and their families. So the idea of, of giving people a place to come and grieve together and, you know, fully celebrate that person's life and just give them the kind of send off that, you know, I think all of us would like to have, you yeah. know, with our family and, and loved ones. Um, but how all of that works, we're not really sure yet. You know, we're, we're trying to figure that out. Um, 
And we've got some uh, meetings come up in uh, January of 2024, uh, where we're really planning on getting together and and formulating a a much more clear plan on you know next steps and and how we think this is going to look. So yeah, it's so meaningful. It reminds me. Do you know of um, Ramdev? Mm-mm. His uh, I think his like given name is Dale Borgum, maybe. Uh, but he was one of the like one of the people who went to India with Ramdas and and uh, you know studied at the ashram with uh, with Neem Kroli Baba, uh, and he he's like still doing his thing today. He's his thing is it's called the Living Dying Project. I actually thought about signing up for uh, classes with it because like I don't know since 2020 there's been so much death and it just feels like I don't have the relationship to it that I think I need, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, in order Mm -hmm. to process and grieve and um, like do it, do it all in an awakened way. Yeah. And I really thinking I had very similar epiphany not long ago, you know, of, um, I don't have a good relationship with, I I have a very, you know, whatever relationship with death, you know, (laughs) and I don't think that's super healthy. You know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm allowing myself to grieve the people in my life that have passed, you know, and, you know, I, I think that's important, but, um, yeah, all this, you know, triggered from, a workshop that we had at this year's camp at on alien mm. summer camp. Um, and you know, I, in the last three months or so since then, you know, I've been trying to figure out, you know, how, you know, this idea of death work fits into my life and like what I can do with it. And yeah. I've been thinking about taking like death doula classes, yeah. you know, going for like a certification like that. And I, I had not heard of Ram Dev. Like that's right up my alley. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I need to look that up for sure. Like that sounds like something I'd be interested in checking out. So. Yeah, d- do it. Definitely. They're looking for uh, volunteers to like, to, it's a training course and then you can like, uh, you're part of a network that gets connected with people who are terminally ill and you like talk them through the process of like meditating to practice for dying or, or something along those lines. I'm not probably doing a good job explaining it, but um, I would, I would reach out to him for sure. And just like, I mean, he's, he seems like the kind of guy who would be willing to give advice to other people who are trying to do similar things, you know? Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm definitely gonna do that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, you sort of answered one of my questions here, which was like, why death? And it, mm-hmm. it feels like it was maybe um, just momentum, mostly I, the, uh, the power of like, that, I think it was Rainbow Goth guy's uh, presentation at, yeah. at the mm-hmm. summer camp. That's correct. Yeah, he he had um he is a hospice worker and he also does like m- you know mystical um death work as well. Um and he was hosting a, a death work ceremony where you know he walked us through, you know, what he does to help spirits pass from this world to the next or this incarnation to the next whatever it is you believe. It it's really again in my opinion like a gooey of uh, just a, a way of interfacing with what's really happening, you know, of, of understanding it, you know? Um, and there were just so many of us activated a- a- by that w- workshop. Um, and, you know, it, it, it felt very obvious to several of us that, you know, this is something that we could be doing, you know, and, and we couldn't think of a good reason not to, you know, we felt called towards it. You know, I, I personally had like so many sinks right afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, I got home. Yeah. Right. Uh, I got home from camp and like a week passed and I was just sitting on the idea and just kind of mulling it over and not sure what Mm. to think about it. And I get a call from my sister who I hadn't talked to in in really a a pretty long time. 
um, and we're talking and I mention all of this to her and she's like, Jeff, shut up. Like <laughs> she's like a year ago, almost like right around this time a year ago, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to go in and become a death doula. I've been doing the research on that. And like, she and I have never talked oh. about death or anything together, you know? <laughs> and so it was just like a hard sink for me. Just the idea that I would have support from family in the process, you know? Mm. Um, Cause I mean, yeah. that's important. You know, you want to feel like, you know, your family's part of your support network there. So yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't know. I'm, but again, how I fit into all of this, I'm still trying to figure out because I'm just an IT dude, you know, I'm just a nerd. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not certified for any of this stuff, uh, but I do have yeah. a passion for it. And I do believe that I have like a powerful voice and like a, a a way of talking to the people that, you know, eases them and, and grounds them. And I think that mm. can be powerful. And so learning how to use that in a way that can, you know, help these people is, is something I'm really interested in learning. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, confirmed, validated on on that front. I feel very, <laughs> I feel very comforted and and grounded at the moment. Uh, oh well, is, thank you. You know, not always true for these nodes episodes. Sometimes I'm very on edge, like from start to finish. So mm. this is this has been a very uh, enjoyable conversation. Yeah, I've been described as vibey, and I'm I'm vibey. Right with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I that's uh, that's kind of like. Uh, uh, I think it was, it may have been on PandaPod or it may have been on uh, interviewing aliens, but you were talking about uh, one of your superpowers being this like uh, vibe maintenance. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Um, about how I, I'm just, I, like, I'm good at vibe checking people, like, or situations or energies. Like, I'm just good at picking up on. You know, whether something is, I, I call it high vibe or low vibe. Uh, is this okay. what you were talking about? Am I, am I on point here? Uh, no, but <laughs> okay. <keep going. laughs> um, well, I, I do think I'm just particularly good at doing that in situations. You know, I he, just hearing someone's voice. I feel like I'm a very good job of, of picking up at people's intentions. Mm. Um, not ex- like I don't know what they're doing, but I, I'm pretty good at figuring out if somebody's up to something or being genuine or, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I, what, what did I t- also talk about though? You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's related. That's why I wanted you to keep going. I think it's like, it's this ability that I like the other Jeff JT, like also very much has this strength where you have this ability to like recognize when there's like high vibes happening and draw extra attention to them and amplify them. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like a community organizing energy that like, uh, you know, I don't, I kind of want to say like whips people into a frenzy. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. You know, like when there's, when there's already like hints and stirrings and seeds planted, uh, the, the energy to go from like, wow, we all really enjoyed that death work course to let's start a, you know, <laughs> let's start oh, a Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that requires someone who's like a, a hype, you know, like vibey kind of I, energy, I would think. Right. No, and I, I, I do definitely have that energy for sure. Um, and I, I can be guilty of that at times. Absolutely. Not that it's always a bad thing, but no. um, in this particular case, I, I was just able to hop on the, the train really like there were Mm -hmm. other people that were so moved by it that they started things going. And, um, I'm definitely a good hype man for sure. For things, for getting people hyped up about stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, it's, I, I also just have a really good ability of getting people talking and communicating and, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm good with communities. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. I just I love being a part of them too. So, yeah. What what's what's your strategy when it comes to like when you say I'm good with communities? Like, what is that? Have you ever thought about like breaking it down into like principles or um, like action items? You know, to get kind of tech nerdy about it. I feel like I could write like a a document on on how to build a, a Discord community in particular, like. It really is just about being present 
particularly like the kind of communities I like to to help build to be a part of are are very vocal communities, like people who like to to speak, you know, out loud. Um, mm. And so, I by making myself a consistent presence in voice channels, um, when especially in situation in chant and discords where people simply aren't using the voice channels, like you quickly yeah. find that, yeah, people do want to do that. You know, they do yeah. want to be talking. They do want to be listening. You know, it's something mm. that really we all want to be doing all day, every day. You know, um, we want to be engaged with people that we enjoy talking to or, and feel stimulated by while we're doing whatever it is we're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I make myself available in that kind of way, you know, a lot of times. Um, and, you know, and then you find a, a, a few people that are also feeling passionate about it. And mm -hmm. then you just, you build a small little group that is, you know, hopefully welcoming and, you know, excited and engaging with other people. That's another thing I like to do. I, I really like to engage with people in, in conversation and like the different channels and things. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess I just like to being social really. Yeah. And, it, and when me being social gets other people social, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a leading by participating. It, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, just, enjoying other people's company is the it turns out the key to having a good community is enjoying each other <laughs> yeah yeah and i just get a lot of joy in watching the people that i love spend time together and enjoy each yeah. other's company you know like being a facilitator for that you know is is really cool for me like i think my human design like environment that i'm supposed to like slot into is a kitchen so like a busy oh. social area yeah you know um where everybody takes shots <laughs> yeah yeah um and i i feel like it, i kind of bring the energy everywhere i go of of like a a kitchen so that's nice. I like that. That yeah. uh, that might make it into the title of this episode. <laughs> in the kitchen with Jeff. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be a little misleading since we spent most of it talking about Satan, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a kitchen, like a dinner table conversation. I, I like it. Um, before we leave, uh, well, we got a. Do you got a little bit more time? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've been going for almost an hour, but I do have a couple more questions, particularly in this area uh, that we're already talking about. Uh, can you describe what body doubling is? Yeah, yeah. Body doubling is amazing. It yeah. is a, it is a, an ADHD hack for getting things done. Uh, and how it works is um, if you are having a conversation with somebody and you make them aware that you're trying to accomplish something. Mm. It, I, I think you, in my opinion, you feel a like weird obligation to get that thing done and a joy in yeah. getting it and a joy in reporting that you've gotten that thing done, you know, uh, yeah. and, and being engaged with conversation with people at the same time is kind of the, the bonus of that. And so that's what we do in, um, on the Hask server is we sit in the body double voice channel, uh, and people will be like at work in the office or at work at home or doing the dishes or laundry or running errands. Um, and we're just having a conversation all day long and getting everything wow. done that we need to get done. And I don't like, I don't know the science behind it. There is like, yeah. like it is a known phenomenon, you know? Um, and yeah, I think uh, our community in particular takes a really good advantage of that. Like it, I get stuff done around the house all the time that I would otherwise be struggling to accomplish because I'm just sitting and talking with my friends while doing it. So. Mm. Yeah, I've I didn't know there was a name for this, but I've been doing it with JT for a while now. Where like we call it like be my cleaning buddy, mm -hmm. and, uh, and like while I'm doing the dishes or whatever, I, I you know try to do it as quietly as possible. <laughs> but 
but yeah, I, I, I can barely do chores without having someone to talk to now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it just, I mean, I think we're all just so segmented and lonely and, yeah, and we're not meant to be that way, you know, and that's a big thing that we're trying to do with the center of the living thing, like, I'm pretty sure we're just all supposed to be, like, next door neighbors and interacting with each other on a daily basis, you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how, you know, social animals do their things. And we're not doing that, you know, and I'm so guilty of it. You know, I'm here in my apartment for sometimes days on end without leaving, you know, because, you know, this is where I do all the things that I do, you know? So, yeah. um, Yeah. Getting that social connection with people is, is so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And to, I mean, just the uh, the magic of being able to get that social connection with other aliens, you know, mm-hmm. like there, I know a lot of people who uh, were really sad about the sort of work from home situation. Uh, well, I don't know a lot of people, period. That's already a lie. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've been exposed to that opinion from various areas, you know, like maybe people I'm in webex meetings with at work or whatever will say like i wish there were more people in the office or you know someone will someone will say i miss the old days um and that's like i get that like there is something about just like smiling at someone that improves your day even if it's like a completely inconsequential you know low stakes low energy banter like at the water cooler or whatever those tiny social interactions i think have been shown to uh improve like longevity you know like having that kind of community makes us healthier mm-hmm. um but what a joy <laughs> what a what a privilege to be able to get to do it with other you know like mystical beings you know i yeah, the sure. other day i was on the hot alien uh discord and there was uh like eight or nine people in that body doubling channel and yeah I, and that's a frequent I, occurrence yeah like there's usually i'd say most days there's at some point in time like at least five people in there yeah that's amazing yeah i I, uh, I'm at least one of those things, I guess the liminal trickster mystic in me, the like liminal part that feels tremendous social anxiety at the concept of potentially belonging to any community is like, wow, that's a lot of people. (laughs) I don't know if I can can butt into, uh, to a group like that, you know? You know, one of the things I really like is that we do have a few people who, are just kind of natural orators, like people that are just good at talking, you know? Yeah. And and those people kind of drive conversations throughout the day. Um, and, you know, a lot of people just kind of sit in there and listen and, and do their things. And then, you know, every now and then something will pop up, they have something to say about and they'll chime in. Um, you know, so it's not like you have to go in and be some like master conversationalist <laughs> to, to take advantage of this like fun hack. You know, you, you know, yeah. you could just go in there and, and vibe, you know? Yeah. And then the trick becomes like convincing myself to like not listen to a book while I do dishes and instead. Sure. Listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There are days where I'm just like, you know what? Eh, I think I am just going to watch like 12 and a half hours of YouTube essays instead of sitting in <laughs> and body double, you know? Um, but I always feel better when I do the body double, if I'm being honest, because I'm at least I'm not sitting there, you know, doom scrolling through YouTube videos. Yeah. Right. Do I mean like if the alternative is doom scrolling, hell yeah. 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 That is that is wonderful. I'm I I'm like torn now because I kind of want to like try to implement it on the Creek Mason server, but I also don't want to steal your thunder. Oh no! Uh, I think that if you do it over there, we'll hop over there sometime and join you guys. You know, ooh, or, that would be yeah, cool. Everyone's always welcome to come over. It's not like our server is just a Discord server for an annual event. You know, it isn't really oh. like a community (laughs) it's a community because we make it a community and because everybody who goes to the event falls in love with everybody else at the event it's amazing you know and (laughs) as a result everybody wants to stay in contact and we do so yeah everybody's welcome to come though yeah 
Delightful. Yeah. Can I, would it be okay if I like published an invite link to the discord along with this episode? Absolutely. Please do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What else, what, where, where else can people, I, I mentioned uh Panda pod and interviewing aliens, uh, yep. which of course I'll link to. Is there anything else you want to uh, name drop? I mean, I've got a shop out there. It's, Theneptownmystic.com. I think right. that's right. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I have that. You've the newly renovated website, then, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a new website. <laughs> it's not that it's newly <laughs> renovated. It's just brand new. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing really listed on there except for some uh, some tarot readings. Um, but I mean, I don't really promote any of it. It was just kind of something I wanted to do. And so I put together, um, although I love doing the spell jars. Uh, I think once I get into a more, you know, abundant mind state, I'll go back to having some, you know, funds to put towards building those. Uh, but like they take quite a bit of research for each one. And then a lot of shopping Ooh. for each one. Um, yeah. And like just a lot of intent and like, I don't know, it, it is energy work. So, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, those are the places you can find me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm grateful to have found you. It's, yeah, it's, same. it's an absolute delight to uh, get to talk to another kooky Jeff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout and, out to all the wild Jeffs out there. All the wild Jeffs. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, uh, another place that a lot of people will probably be able to at least ping you is on the Creek Mason server. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You are in there. Uh, and so, yeah, if I get a, if I get a body doubling channel going, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll maybe bug you to, to help me, uh, <laughs> with your, your power of, uh, occupying space and inviting other people <laughs> yeah into i'll come sit in your channel buddy we'll attract yeah uh, come sit in my channel <laughs> it'll just use me as bait it's like we're fishing <laughs> for community members yeah perfect yes be my bait <laughs> sounds good all right thanks jeff uh you know i'll i'll catch you online all right have a good one thanks thanks